0: the next section. He's never been called that before. <laughs> um, I, uh, if you were here last Sunday morning, um, you will have um, heard me. Uh, I had the opportunity to preach last week uh, and open up um, a subject which I felt that God really wanted to, um, something he wants to do specifically with us. And uh, as I said last Sunday, it's not just a one morning preach kind of moment. It's something I feel There is something that God is doing specifically to bring us to a point where we believe what he says about us, where God believes, where you believe what he says about you, that you believe that that's true. And part of that is letting go of things like disappointment or frustration, things that have shaped you over a long period of time and actually brought you to a place where you actually struggle to believe the good things that God says about you, Um, or actually the fact that he is the God of the impossible. And I started last week just breaking that whole thing open of us recognizing that we are in covenant with, we hold hands with um, the God of the impossible. And uh, that that's who we go into every walk of life, every situation, every, every love offering that we get to do. We go into those things where we can stand with others and we can look at impossible, seemingly impossible situations like illness, sickness, financial problems, relationship problems, whatever it is in life that we are coming up against. Hand in hand with the King of Kings, the one who's the commander of the largest army that there could ever be he's the one that we always go into these things with and there's something for us as a church of just settling various different things that we're going to look at over i guess coming weeks um i said last week i was going to do a part two that was because the information that i had at that point was that alan cass who is with us this morning alan and diane um, was not going to be with us this morning and we had originally offered him this morning to come and share with us um but during sunday he informed me that he indeed could be here this morning and so i just want to take back what I said last week. I'm not going to do a part two on what I did last week. However, I am going to do a part two. And so if you're feeling like y- there was some stuff that I was opening up for you, please, um, firstly the holy spirit is more than capable of dealing with that anyway and dealing through speaking to you through other people and i think alan is going to be a part of this too which is why i think and he thinks that he's here this morning which is fantastic um but just to say i am going to do a part two at some stage um early in the new year so um does that sound good? Um, I'm super excited for Alan to be here. He's going to explain, I think, why he wasn't going to be here and now is here. And, uh, but I will leave that to you, Alan, if that's all right. Um, and, uh, but we are so chuffed that you are here. Um, I know that God has got something for each of us to receive from him this morning. Um, Alan and Diane, it's lovely that you're with us. And uh, come on up.
1: So I am the next section. Hey, I've been called a few things in my time. (laughs) So why am I here? Well, here's an interesting story. Two Sundays ago, I was supposed to be going into hospital to have a heart bypass op. And on the Saturday morning, I got a phone call from the hospital to say, you know that op op you're going to have? Well, we can't do it because we've got an emergency. Well, okay, well... Whoa, okay, yeah, that's uh, disappointing, but yeah, I understand, okay, fine. Uh, How about the next date? Oh, yeah, you can come in on the Wednesday after, ten days later. So I thought, okay, ten days, that's fine. So so ten days later, I go to the hospital, I phone the hospital, yes, we've got a bed for you, come on in. So I go in, full of excitement and trepidation, and I mean that, and I'll tell you why in a minute. And I spend the night in the hospital, we had lots of preparations, which i won 't go into. they were fun, and in the morning at five thirty, they woke me up and said you've got to have a scrub now and I, oh, I had a scrub last night well you 've got to have another scrub." so off I go and do that and eight o 'clock comes where the operation is supposed to happen they said you 're on next, so the first one goes through eight o 'clock the next one is two o 'clock so I think, oh, okay, so I get my book out and I read, and I talk to God. And we have a lot of fun. I go for a walk, and I talk to a bunch of people, and you know, you know that we've all been set up for all of these things, don't you? No, you you know that. You know that. Here's the thing: three o'clock on Thursday afternoon, um, I'm kind of dozing with God. You know, how you do sloking. I think Bill Johnson calls it. <laughs> You're not sure whether you're sleeping or soaking, but kind of doing. So I've got some worship music going, real quiet in the room, just relaxing, thinking, this is fine, it's okay. And then I hear this voice. Hello, my name's Liz. I'm the practice manager here on the ward. Uh, I'm the ward manager, that's right. Ward manager, I hear. So I open up my eyes, and she says, I'm really sorry, but I'm afraid you're not going to have your operation after all. And do you know what I said? Oh, that's Okay thinking, why did that just come out of my mouth? It is so not okay. Anyway, so then uh, about half an hour later, the surgeon came up uh, in his dudes and said, you know, I'm I'm all ready for you. Uh, Unfortunately, there's no ICU bed. So we can't do an operation of this sort and then kind of leave you in the corridor. It's probably not a good idea. So I said, okay, that's fine. And then as I drove out of the hospital with Di... Uh, there's an ambulance roaring in, blues and twos, and I'm thinking, yeah, I get this. I get this. So I've just phoned the hospital. I've got a bed. So I'm going in this afternoon, and I will be having an operation tomorrow, either at 8 o'clock or 2 o'clock. So pray for them that they won't have any operations ahead of me, okay? And I'll get the job done, okay? That's what I need. I need the job doing so we've been set up I had this set up in my diary for a long while and I phoned a couple of weeks ago and said it isn't likely to happen well it is happening and there's a reason isn't there so Pete was talking yesterday uh, last week about disappointment my preach this morning is about peace and understanding. You know that uh, up in heaven there was a race between peace and understanding? Did you hear about it? Got to the very, very end, the last bit of this race, and peace just passed understanding. <laughs> now you need to laugh because joy is part of how this happens. Peace passes all Understanding. It really does. I have peace. How do I have peace? Well, I can tell you, a lot of my non-Christian friends try and take it from me by saying, you must be really worried. And I go, well, I'm not. (laughs) No, but you must be really worried. (laughs) Well, I'm not. Because I know that Jesus has a plan for me. And that plan includes peace and everything that goes with it. But it starts with peace. You know that I'm part of the Supernatural School over in Kent, and we teach three things. We teach identity. We teach intimacy. And then, and only then, we teach impact. So you can't have impact until you know who you are. You need to know who you are. Who are you in Christ? You see, he died for each one of us, didn't he? Say, yes, Alan. I love the interactivity. (laughs) He died for each one of us. But our job, thank you, our job is not to be sitting at the foot of the cross. That's what I thought it was supposed to be. That's what I was taught for 20 years. See, our journey is from the cross we're supposed to be the ones out there healing the sick breaking up the demon characters right, and raising the dead and this my friends is the family where we learn how to do that we're meant to do that that's part of our role Now, does that mean then that you immediately go out and start praying for the sick? Well, maybe it is and maybe it isn't. It depends how you feel about it. But what's important is when you come across somebody who's not well, you ask them if you can pray for them. And the expectation then, it will rise, won't it? When you see somebody healed, believe me, it rises. When you see somebody healed. So the first person that I saw healed was a girl in London, actually, in Hoban, in a church in Hoban, where um, I was asked to pray for her. She got um, a bad knee. And prior to that, we'd been at the healing conference with uh, Joaquin Evans, and he had been talking about having confidence to pray for things. And out in the foyer of that conference, we prayed for a lady with a damaged knee, and she got healed. Diane was with me. And then she phoned her son in Germany, who's in the army, and uh, he hadn't been running for weeks because he'd hurt his knee. And she said, I've just been healed of my knee, and I need you to hear this because I believe God can heal your knee too. And at lunchtime she came running over to me. She said, I've just got a text. He's gone out for a run. (laughs) His knee got fixed right there. So on the back of that, I go to Hoban the very next week, and there's a girl with this damaged knee. So I said, can I put my hand on your knee? Is that okay? So I'm, there I am on my knees in front of this rather beautiful girl with my hands wrapped around her knee thinking, well, this is weird, isn't it? And then I felt this crunching under my hand. I thought, oh, I'm holding it too hard. Kind of let go? And then this girl starts to twitch And then she starts to dance. And she danced and she twirled. I can only call it twirling, but she did a lot of that. Turns out she works at the Royal Ballet. She's a ballet dancer. And she hasn't been dancing for weeks and weeks. How about that? Now, what does that do for your expectation? See, expectation is the key. It absolutely is. And we hear these things, don't we? And we think, oh, that's not for us. Oh, yes, it is. Because we're all called to do it. But you need to be able to look in the mirror and say this. I am glorious. You are. I am. <laughs> but you need to say it to yourself in the mirror. Every morning for a couple of weeks. Can you do that? Yeah. I am glorious. And you know what you're here? You'll hear the liar tell you you're not. Oh, yeah, you will. You'll hear the liar telling you you're not. And your job is to speak to that liar and say, actually, I have read in John 17 that Jesus said to his father, make them glorious as you've made me glorious. Go and read it. It's a great chapter. Hello, sweetie. Need to get the Come on. It's all right. That's all right. <laughs> Absolutely fine. Wow. I'm just asking God, if we haven't meant to do anything about this. It's all right. See if she comes back out again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, we've all been set up, I'm telling you. (laughs) Where was I? Oh, yeah. So this whole thing about expectation. Here's the thing. There were two guys leaving uh, Jerusalem right at the end of um, the situation where Jesus had died. And they were walking home. They're going back to Emmaus. It's a story of the Emmaus Road. You'll find it in Luke 24, I think it is. And in there, they talk about these two guys. And they're walking away from Jerusalem towards Emmaus, about seven miles, I think they say. And they come across this guy who's walking along. And he says, where have you been? What have you been doing? And they said, where have you been? Do you not know what's happened in Jerusalem? And he goes, no, what's happened? Really? Really? He hid himself from them. They didn't know who he was. Why did he do that? Just let yourself reflect a moment. What's really interesting about stories in the Bible is you can make yourself in the story. So go on, who do you want to be? One of the guys. It's all right, girls, I'll let you. He hid himself. They didn't know who he was. But they asked him if he was crazy or something, and he hadn't heard. And he said, heard what? So they said, well, there was this guy, Jesus, who we thought was the savior of the world. He's a great prophet. Now, is that true? Is that true? Yeah, so they're speaking the truth, but they didn't know the entire truth, did they? They didn't know the entire truth. He was a great prophet, they said. And this Jesus said that he was going to come and save the world. He was going to come and get us away from these, these Germans. <laughs> Don't talk about Germany. The, <laughs> the Romans. Oh, my. Maybe I should have been in hospital already. Anyway. So, so they're, really, they're really concerned that this guy doesn't know anything. And then Jesus tells them a story, doesn't he? He tells them the best Bible story you'll probably have ever heard. Because he tells them all of, about all of the prophets, all the way up to John. And what happens in their hearts? Who knows this story? It burns inside them. They still don't know who he is. They get to a turning in the road and Jesus says, I'm going off that way. And they said, oh, come and have cheese and crackers with us. Because we're going to eat something and then we're going to go to bed. It's late in the day, why don't you come with us? So he says, okay, I'll come with you. So he ends up in their house. Then he's asked to bless the food. And suddenly, they realize who he is. Now, are you getting this? The expectation from them was very, very low. They had no idea until he reveals himself. (laughs) Now, when he reveals himself, they get ready for bed and go to sleep. No, they don't, do they? What do they do? In the middle of the night, they rush back to Jerusalem To tell people the good news. What's the good news? Jesus is alive. Wow. He's alive. But you see, he didn't reveal himself immediately. Why didn't he do that? And I think it's to create hunger. Now, what's really interesting, it's in Deuteronomy. I'll get my notes out now. It's in Deuteronomy where um, it's talked about hunger. And I thought this was really interesting. Hang on, I've got to unfold myself. Talk about yourselves. I preached last month with no mic. It's great. much better than this. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't <coughs> the mic. Sorry. <laughs> the people that say, hey, can't record it. So here we are. Right. So, the trouble is now I start to read my notes, which makes it worse. Did you know that God is the same yesterday, today and forever? How do you view the idea that God is eternal? Turn with me to Deuteronomy 8, 3, please. If you've got your Bibles with you. And there used to be a lot of rustling, but now you don't hear anything. You just hear a couple of clicks. <laughs> so here's the thing. When God questions you, what do you hear? When God questions you, what do you hear? How many of you have had a question from God? You know, in Genesis three eleven, God says this. Who told you you were naked? And he knows fine well. who told them? God isn't interested in the answer. He's interested in you knowing what the question is. He makes you hungry. Here's the interesting thing in, in uh, Deuteronomy 8:3: He humbled you and let you be hungry. Really? He humbled you and let you be hungry. Then what did he do? He fed you. Now here's the interesting thing. He fed them with new stuff. They'd never had it before. He makes you hungry. Then he feeds you. With new stuff. Not more of the other stuff. Do you remember when they were eating manna, they actually said, didn't they, to God, we're sick of this manna. So he gave them quail. You know, it's, that's what he does. But it's new every morning. The, the stuff they picked up the day before was no good. He makes you hungry, then he feeds you. So when, God, when Jesus is being confronted by the devil himself in Mark, uh, sorry, in Matthew 4.3, he quotes this verse. And he says, man cannot live by bread alone. See, it's the Spirit of God in us that gives us the hunger and then feeds us. Isn't that interesting? Will that change the way you think? Possibly. See, the depth of your hunger is your reach to God. You know, all we're called to be is believers. Believers who believe. We're supposed to be like that. Believers who believe. Do you love yourself? Are you living your life on purpose? Do you live your life with a purpose? See, across the country, across Europe particularly at the moment... There are all kinds of things happening. All kinds of things. And we are part of it. We're supposed to be part of it. It's good news, guys. And then in Isaiah, he says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. We're supposed to be people that are on fire for God. Now, disappointment will only create in you growth that you don't need. And I just want to read you something. I just want to read you something i got on the phone this morning from a friend of ours who is um, a prophet. Hang on two ticks. I can do this. So listen to this. I am learning that disappointment is not of a voice worth heeding. It never travels alone but has friends like discontent and jealousy. Its face is ugly, self-pity. All these things are thieves, kingdom enemies, whose main aim is to rob me of peace and joy and most of all, hope. Hope. Best way to deal with it, acknowledge it. Don't be all religious and pretend it isn't there. But never take its hand and travel with it, for it will take root. And the tree that it grows will really disappoint you because it will stand in the way of everything good that's just around the corner. Now, those of you that know me know that I have an allotment. I love my allotment. and go down there quite a lot. And near us is an oak tree, and we get the acorns that fall from the oak tree, and they take root. And the first year I got these um, the, this allotment, I started to pull these things out um, after they've germinated, and I realised that they throw first of all a tap root straight down in the ground. So you've got to pick this little acorn up with a little bit of stick sticking out the top, and you find it's got a huge root. It actually takes a lot of digging. That was the first lesson. So now I pick the acorns up off the ground before they have a chance to do that. And that's what I believe disappointment is. It's like an acorn that falls to the ground and if you let it, if you leave it there, it will take root. And it takes root quickly and deeply before you have a chance to pull it out. Disappointment is what sets all of this off. How many of us have been disappointed in our lives? Now, this is when you can be honest. Because if you don't put your hand up, either you can't be bothered to put your hand up, which is what I used to find when I was teaching, or you can't think of anything immediately that would have disappointed you. But I bet you will if you think long and hard enough. Here's the thing. Don't go thinking long and hard enough about all your disappointments. Because what we're supposed to be doing is living with peace that passes all understanding does that make sense thank you in Ephesians 1.17 who wants to turn to that and read it out now we're getting really interactive aren't we Mark where's your bible well you can't sit on the front row and not expect to be heckles with a, with a t-shirt that says verse verse chorus bridge solo chorus can you do you know i love coming here because it feels like family it feels like you can get away with stuff that you wouldn't normally get away with is that (laughs) and there's people who don't know me and thinking who on earth is this
0: (laughs) the the manifold wisdom of god should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms
1: is that one? Se- is that 117? Oh, see, you've got the wrong one seventeen? Well, oh, what did I say? <laughs> I did say one seventeen. That was three. that was a good verse, though, don't you think? <laughs> really good verse. One seventeen, though. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to turn the page as well. Mm, it's yeah, going to be yeah, really yeah. tricky. Yeah, 17's there. Where mm, is it? Yeah. Up here. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom, revelation, so that you may know him better.
1: Hey, that's (laughs) the one, that's the one.
0: See, the spirit of
1: wisdom, followed by revelation. It's not just knowledge, it's the revealed knowledge, isn't it? It's that revealed gift, how many of you know that the fullness of God is something you're supposed to be chasing after? Anybody found it yet? The fullness of God. And we have the danger of putting God in a box. And I remember Danny Silk talking about this recently. And he said, if you put God in a box, you discover after a very short while, you're the only one in there. See, God will not be put in a box. But he wants us to search him out. And as we search him out, we get the revelation. And the revelation will wake us up to what's going on. So listen to God and learn to say no to the liar. Start to do these affirmations and declarations. Really, really important. Starting with looking in the mirror and saying, I am glorious. Okay? Now, if you can start to do that, it starts to make sense. Because God wants you to be glorious and I'll just turn to the last bit which is really all about you not worrying Okay, so did you know that uh, in the Middle Eastern countries when they um, sow seed they don't plough first, did you know that? Um, in, in the UK and most European countries they plough and then they harrow it, make it flat and then they seed it Well, in Middle Eastern countries, they don't do that. They sow virtually indiscriminately and then they pull um, a plow along behind it and it turns the seed into the ground. And I believe that's what God wants us to do. See, we're the people that throw the seed and he comes along behind you to plow it in. We're supposed to be seed sowers. And then God follows you up. Did you know God's following you up? He does. Wherever you go, he follows you up. Now, there are many, many disappointments that you can have where you have no clue what's going on. So that disappointment I've had over my operation, now I know what's going on. Because timing is God's timing, not mine. And those people that needed the operation, that came in on an ambulance, they needed it more than me. I thank God I didn't have to go in on an ambulance. I'm still asking him, please not yet. Let me get into the hospital. But don't live with disappointment. Because disappointment will steal your peace. And finally then, George Banoff, uh, you may know, has he been up this way? Do you know George Banoff? He's um, a musician and a minister of the gospel, and he's from Eastern Europe. And he says this, if you can't be free from sin until you die, then Jesus isn't your saviour. Death is. So don't focus on your sin. Repent from your sin. Walk away from it. Repent from your sin. Walk away from it. And then you'll have a life that is free. Okay, I'm nearly done. I just think, really, I need to ask you this question. Is Jesus your saviour? Do you want authority and power to do the things he's called you to do? Yes? Yes? If that's the case, then all we've got to do now is start to pray for you guys if you need it, and we will help you if you need some help. Okay, so have you got a ministry team? So can we have the ministry team... What do we do? Shall I just hand it over? I'll hand it over to you. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Glory. We're all winging it this morning. Um, Right. Um, If you are here and you know your ministry team,
0: um, can I have you... um, Where should we go? Can I have some on this side, please, Um, and some on that side, Um, just so we've got people um, with an easy access? Um, And then Alan, you wanted to pray for people? I think I might give it back to you, because um, I think what people need is a big, a big fat dose of what you've got, um, more than what I've got right now. Um, it's all the same spirit, but this is your juice. Look, look, look. Uh, team there and team this side. So we've got um, easy access for both people, um, b- both sides of the room. Um, so um, there's your people.
1: We're yours now again. So Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give our lives back to you again this morning. Lord, we thank you that you have our back, that you're the one that ploughs in the sea, that all we have to do is be who you want us to be. And Father, I now ask, will you just impart to us all that we need for our life and godliness? Will you help us, Lord, to just go deeper with you? We want to go deeper. We thank you, God, you made us hungry. And spiritual hunger makes us even more hungry. Now, God, on this Sunday morning, will you feed us? Will you feed us? Give us all we need.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus.